0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: It's K. Golasso time in our weekend recap. We have Man City beating Sheffield United, Manchester United tying with Arsenal. We got Liverpool showing a masterclass against West Ham. We have La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, Copa Libertadores, PSG losing to a relegation-ridden team and so much more. Heath Pierce and Jimmy Conrad is here. So stay tuned because Que begins right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Que It's our weekend recap. And of course, I can't do this by myself. We need, as always, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy, what's
2: up, man? What's up? I'm wearing my Palmares jersey. They're my new favorite team, in Brazil. I mean I've supported them for years. So I'm really excited that we won our first Copa Libertadores trophy since 1999.
0: Palmares lifelong fan, Jimmy
2: Conrad. <laughs> well
0: done, Heath Pierce. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. Yeah. As they won this weekend, I was like, I wonder how my Palmares fan is doing. But clearly, you know, uh, he's doing he's doing well. I got my mate going again. The coffee stopped working, so I'm back on the uh, on this uh, cleaner stuff. Oh my god.
1: Look at you two. Amazing. But anyway, Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce, our weekend recap, plenty of action. And when I say plenty, please make it full caps, exclamation marks, so many games. And we begin, of course, in the Premier League. And let's begin uh, from the top of the table all the way down. We'll do that uh, in terms of the league table. Man City, keep on rolling. It wasn't exactly a breeze through match, but they got the win one, nothing against Sheffield United. Jimmy Conrad, give me your thoughts immediately from that game. As Pep Guardiola's team continues to roll as a rotated squad, by the way.
2: Yes. So I started John stones in my fantasy team and he went with Laporte. So I'm not happy about that. That's my initial thought about this whole goddamn game, Luis, but I am happy to see that a former Palmeiras player scored Gabriel Jesus. One to zero. Great work by Ferran Torres, uh, 75% possession for city, and they only gave up one shot on goal and Sheffield played in the 5-3-2 and hope for the best. This was City all day, every day. Not a big surprise. We, I think, predicted that this is going to be the scoreline or close to it. So nothing to see here. Man City for me are still the clear favorites to win the Premier league.
1: Yeah, nothing to see here and as you mentioned not just John Stones but this ruined my fantasy. Heath, Joe, <laughs> Joe Cancelo didn't play, Raheem Sterling didn't play. Pep Guardiola was just like, "You know what? I'm going to mess with everybody." But again, Man City get 3 points, arrested squad and we move on.
0: Yeah, no De Bruyne, no Aguero still, but uh, seeing out a 1-0, I think uh, that's important when you're on a quest for the trophy. Obviously, they got 13 goals against uh, in the whole season so far after 20 matches, which I think is really impressive for a team that was kind of way out of the the, the trophy or, or title conversations early on. And maybe we just misjudged them because they weren't getting scoring copious amounts of goals and, and winning. But being able to win 1-0 and, and have a performance like they did between Diaz and Laporte, I think, is is, is really important uh, at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really important to remind everybody that this, you know when Man City, not just one player, two players, as he mentioned, De Bruyne out, et cetera, but when everybody gets it, everybody better watch out because that's really when Man City, gets really, really scary.
0: Yeah. The the, st- other, the last thing I would say about that, by the way, is, is that city have Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal, Gladbach, West Ham, and Manchester United coming up. So I think February, the month of February is going to be the indicator of what Man City we are getting. Obviously they've been good all year. They've, they've had some gold droughts, but a one nil win is still three points. And so that's where, where I think uh, we're going to see a lot of shifting within the table. And, you know, of course, there's always that that crunch time, that month of the season that, that teams get tested, but ours is, uh, or at least this one, is coming up for Manchester City.
1: But Palmeiras fan, Jimmy, it's good when Gabriel Jesus scores, right? As long as those uh, goals keep coming from somebody like him, that's going to help them.
2: Of course. I think it helps give balance to City when they have a striker, an out-and-out striker who is going to hit the score sheet. And not only that, obviously, to hold the ball up and allow them to transition in a meaningful way. But like I mentioned before, with Sheffield in that back five, front three in front of that, it was just going to be hard to break them down. So you need somebody up there who's shifty, can find some space. Uh, Ferran Torres on the goal in particular did very well to find some room and to kind of crawl through a couple of guys at the end line to to get it back across. And Jesus did well to get it out of his feet. It's good for him. He needs that confidence. He needs to score a few goals. And I think that takes pressure off of of him, of course, but also his teammates for having to carry the team game in and game out. So this is a good thing for City. Just another player stepping up when they're needed to. And again, that just speaks to city's balance and, and I'm not backing off despite the big February that, that Heath mentioned, I'm not backing off city being, being the favorites at this point.
1: Yeah, no, it's a fair assessment for sure. All right. Let's move down on the table. Second place, Manchester United, uh, they fought hard, I guess against <laughs> Arsenal who fought hard, I guess in a stalemate nil nil. <laughs> and my God, every time we predict this game, Jimmy Conrad, I feel, I mean, I'm going to get you in a second, uh, Arsenal fan, Heath Pierce, but Jimmy, uh, the the big six, right? Uh, Sometimes these games are so depressed. I mean, it wasn't boring, I guess, but it was close to it.
2: (laughs) Uh, It was a little more wide open than I was anticipating. Uh, I mean, United very good away from home, just set a record now, 18 games unbeaten in the league and i thought arsenal were going after it too so from that like in terms of intention and, and initiative and, and trying to make things happen i thought it was there just a little quality lacking lacazette hit a hit a great free kick hit off the crossbar uh, smith row i thought was very good cavani missed a couple sitters right i mean they're not the easiest of chances but you consider a guy with his type of ability to to really make a dent with his opportunities when he gets them even if they're half chances i thought bruno fernandez all things were pretty quiet i think maybe that's more a testament to arsenal you know, Partey and Jaka doing a good job of crowding him and not letting him do what he wanted to do. But I thought a draw was a fair result in a lot of ways. And I want to hear his thoughts specifically because he's an Arsenal fan. But I kind of want all 90 minutes of, those, of my life back from those. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> we watched it and I learned some, a few things and, and then we move on with my life.
1: Yeah, pretty much like a really boring history class in eighth grade. We, we were there and we, we got some stuff out of it. All right, all right Arsenal fan Heath Pierce. How, how did you see this one? Uh, would you say Mikel Arteta is happy with the point or disappointed?
0: I mean, when you look back, obviously you have to be. If, if again, it's the usual like kind of one in the hand, two in the bush. Of like before the game, you would take a point against Manchester United. However, you look back and you realize that there could have been something there. There wasn't a ton of chances. I thought Pepe was also good uh, in the match and 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 pretty dynamic. But you know, outside of uh, Lacazette's uh, free kick, there wasn't a a, a whole lot. But no Tierney, no Alba. Um, no, uh, Sacco. So I think, I, look, I, I think overall, this is, this is a disappointment for Manchester United, right? If they're going to go, I think four draws and two losses against the big six is their is their record so far this year? And it, it's becoming this thing where I tune in to see, is this Manchester United team, uh, a title contender? Look, Jimmy's talking about a, a, the, the record they said of 18 games unbeaten, but Against these big six, you got to be able to also scrap out some of these points, and a draw is not bad. Look, four draws against them, you can be happy with that as well. But um, you know, I, I I feel like I get into these games, and they just remind—they're just boring games when Manchester United's <laughs> going into them, playing against big teams. They know how to bore the games out, which is fine. And when that was old school Chelsea, boring game, boring games to death uh, under a Jose Mourinho, they would come out one nil winners, right? And and that's the thing that I think Manchester United is missing in that, but. You know, overall, I think it's a a positive win for Arsenal. They're still ten points behind Manchester United and the table, and and they still have a lot to do. But obviously, I thought uh, having uh, Thomas Partey back is 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 good. I thought he was strong. Like Jimmy said, I think he covered a lot of ground um, and really made it difficult for the attackers of Manchester United. Uh, I won't say I I won't say Shaka was great because I just hate saying he was great. I, he drives me nuts uh, <laughs> me every single time he plays. Um, and there was, there was a moment in that game uh, where he had lost the ball and sort of jogged back and almost got scored on by man United. And it, yeah, I, I, I was, a I, you know, it was, I almost didn't, TV, I yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, overall. Uh, you know again i think one of the things that jimmy did learn is that you just don't get time back you know the time is gone and you never get it back uh, and that's you continue <laughs> to harsh learn lesson. that harsh <laughs> lesson you, you continue to learn that when you watch a game like this
1: yeah i mean uh, it's, there's something to be said when actually i thought the best player out there was uh, david Luis. i thought he, he had a pretty good game but absolutely let's get that uh, let's get those minutes back all right let's keep going down because as of uh, a few hours after before we just started taping, Liverpool uh, with a really beautiful performance. It must be said, the old Liverpool is back. The new one that was asleep, perhaps, suddenly waking up again uh, with a great three-one win against West Ham. Uh, Mohamed Salah was excellent. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just him; everybody was good. Heath, let's begin with you. What do you make of this win? Uh, once again, uh, Jurgen Klopp. It seems that they're back.
0: Yes. When you got Salah firing like that, when you have the touch that he had and the finish that he had, it's just, it's just tough. And look, I, this is full credit to Liverpool. This is a very, very depleted Liverpool squad. That was able to to get this result, and you can see Jurgen Klopp's tone is is changing a little bit when he's talking in the media. He's a little bit more calm, and again, that's probably it's on a day-to-day basis because you know no uh, no Mane is is perfectly good reason for him to be like, all right, this whole se- season is a wash. I'm going to be angry with everybody, but um, you know to to see Salah back after after just having the drought um, is, is a good, is a good indicator, right? And to score three goals is a good indicator, uh, because you're going to have to, when you don't have a good defense, you're going to have to score more goals than the other team in this situation. Even though I think the defense did play well, uh, but you know, you're playing against well, actually to be fair, West Ham's a, g- a good team right now. So, um, yeah, I, I think that keeps the conversation going for them within the title race. Uh, but it's one of those ones where you each week you look at them, you go, is this the week that they're going to break? Uh, is this the week that Liverpool is going to break? They're they're not in first place right now, um, but they keep on finding a way with it, with a depleted roster. And I just feel like they're getting enough excuses now through injuries to be able to write off the season. But they're staying in the conversation.
1: Yeah. Jimmy, Heath said something there. That's a pretty good segue for you. I think obviously we'll talk about Liverpool in a second, but West Ham, I mean, having a good season. But was this maybe a wake up call for David Moyes?
2: 100% he said so afterwards that that was a very 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 good Liverpool team and they were that was that was peak prime Liverpool at their best the second goal in particular where they countered off a corner for West Ham going the other direction you know Trent Alexander-Arnold out wide Shakir Shakiri and Mo Salah that's the goal that Heath was talking about as well good touch and finish three passes and they went you know, 100 yards and scored. It was ridiculous. And that's the Liverpool that I think everybody's accustomed to over these last few years. And I've almost been spoiled in some ways. West Ham, though, I thought the first half, they kind of West Ham their way into that one. It was boring. It looked very similar to Arsenal, Manchester United. And then things started to kick off after a goal was scored in the first one. I do want to say with regard to Jurgen Klopp, because I'm going to pivot here and segue myself from West Ham to Liverpool. I almost think that he deserves more credit for this particular season than last season when he won it for the first time in 30 years, because this season is a dumpster fire. They've only lost three games. They have, they've still scored more goals than anybody else in the premier league and their sixth best defense. And when you take all that into consideration and everything that they've gone through in this congested schedule and all the whining we've heard from Jurgen Klopp, they're still getting results. And I actually think that's more of a testament to his managerial ability than maybe when everything is going right for you, like it did last season. So I don't know where, where they're gonna finish ultimately, but if they get close and keep it to the last weekend and then as their front three starts to fire, like we're starting to see now with Mosala getting hot again after not scoring for six games in the Premier League, which is a pretty long drought for him in particular, watch out for these guys. I feel like I feel like they're quietly getting back into you know that peak form where they're getting good on both sides of the ball, like we're seeing with Man City.
1: Well, Jimmy, to your point, they're third right now, 40 points, one point. Behind Manchester United, you know, uh, and uh, th- th- four points behind Man City, although Man City still have that game in hand, but still they are climbing. Though let me play devil's advocate and I'll, I'll throw this to Heath very To your point, Jimmy, absolutely the injuries that they have gone through the ups and downs that they have gone through. It's commendable. The fact that now they're still climbing and they're third and they're looking to defend that title. I think Jordan Henderson has been incredible uh, just covering so many different positions, but is it more to do, do you think, and I'll throw this to Heath and Jimmy, feel free obviously to add, is it more to do with the fact that this has just been a very weird season and anybody is kind of beatable and anybody can be vulnerable at any point and Liverpool? obviously have been doing well as of late but it's also been a result of other teams not waking up in certain uh, in certain moments
0: yeah absolutely but that's why that's why go back to our, our our predictions at the end of the year that's why I saw city being able to emerge because they just have the raw talent and the ability to manage a long season with multiple competitions yeah you look at Liverpool last year but the way that they've been depleted with key members I think that's different and and that's why that's the only thought that I had of just like if it's going to be chaos, I like city in the chaos uh, of all this and, and the losing a Virgil van Dyke to a Liverpool is going to be a blow for an entire season. It's not going to be, let's just replace him, Let's find somebody else that is arguably your best player um, in terms of the way that they play. So um, yeah, I think, I think it it is, it is a crap shoot, but that's why I, I, that's what led me to lean towards a man city who are trending into form obviously really strong defensively because uh, you know, they're going to continue all to give up points to each other.
1: Jimmy, can can Liverpool do this? Can they? Can they come back? And I mean, I know that we see Man City doing this, but is there any? Is there a bigger hope to to you before now after Christmas than before?
2: Well, I'll say them getting knocked out of the FA Cup probably plays into their favor, right? You got one less midweek game to worry about in the future, so maybe that was by design in some ways. Yep. I think that does help them, so they're not having to chase that trophy as well. I won't count them out because that front three is so dangerous. If they even have some slip-ups defensively, they usually have the, the capacity to score two or three goals every single game. They, they definitely create enough chances to make that happen. They don't lack in those areas. So, yes, I still think they're in the conversation. I do think, back to Heath's point about Man City, if Man City does slip up, and I'm not sure why they wouldn't, given the, 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 how hard their schedule is through February, maybe that's where Liverpool can gain that ground, maybe get close to them. And if they're kind of like going back and forth, you know, by three points or very close or tied – you know, then then there's a little bit the pressure's different. Right now, cities, everything, everything's going great for City. What happens when they get punched in the face again? And it's gonna happen at, at some point throughout the next, you know, three or four months. How do they deal with that adversity? How long does that blip last? Because we just saw Liverpool have a blip and it lasted four or five games, right? City had their blip early on in the season. It took them a while. Now, when you have that next blip, it can only last one or two games if you really want to be league contenders. So that's kind of where we are, and it's pretty exciting.
1: Well, I tell you what, this could come sooner rather than later as Liverpool face Man City next Sunday, Love and it. that's going to be a must-watch popcorn, uh, must uh, piece of television entertainment. All right, let's keep going. Plenty more games in Premier League, and we still got to do the rest of Europe. Leicester City against Leeds. Leeds three-one. Marcelo Bielsa's, in my opinion, best game of the season. Forget the West Bromwich Albion 5 nothing. This was a tremendous game. I think he saw what happened against Leicester in November. He studied and he realized, you know what? The best way to attack them is that every single time we get the ball back, we counter like crazy and that's exactly what happened. Leeds, Heath Pierce win against Leicester City 3-1. A great win.
0: Yeah, the part two of that is uh make sure Jamie Vardy's not playing because that's, <laughs> uh, that's what the that's what the first time around uh involved and it didn't go well. But it Leeds is just a breath of fresh air, right? I don't know if they're going to go down or win a championship and they play wide open when it was one, one, right? They went down one nil when it was one, one, they were giving up chances and they just didn't change the way they played, but the counterattacking game, the speed at which they countered, um, Patrick Bam- Bamford, unbelievable. Could have had, could have had a brace, but was, was shared the love with, um, with, uh, Jack, Jack Harrison. Harrison. And, uh, it was just, yeah, all, all around, but more than anything of of, of leads playing well, they play wide open, but they were clinical today, and I think that was the difference. Is Lester could ha- Lester had plenty of chances um, to to score, uh, but yeah, I mean but- they
1: scored first, so you know yeah. they they had the go- the goals to do it, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it was one of those early goals where like, you could see it was just like a deflated moment where it just looked like Leicester was going to run away with it, where the, it was just like anticlimactic. They scored and it just feel like, Oh, one of the big teams scored against one of the smaller teams. This game is over. Uh, Cause it was very early. I think it was in the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, but, but yeah, Leeds were just, I think it was like six shots, uh, five of their first six shots were on frame and, and just very clinical in the way that they finished those. So, um, you know, uh, just the perfect result for them to, to go out against the Leicester city team.
1: And I tell you what, Jimmy Conrad, you look at this lead side right now. They are 12th, but three points behind, uh, three points behind. No, let's see. Yeah. Three. No, let's see. 31 points with Arsenal 10th, Southampton has 29, even on points with Leeds United, but Leeds have a game in hand on Arsenal as well. So they could, you know, they could make their way uh, to the top of the half uh, of this table. what do you make of their performance? Would you agree that it's their best one yet this season?
2: I thought it was very good, and I think to your point, Luis, that you said they they learned from the first time they played these guys, and I think that's important. That's an important footnote to add to this because that means that Marcelo Bielsa is recognizing it and he's getting his team to adapt. And really, when you guys watch these highlights, if you have the chance their transition play from, from defense to attack and how crisp they're passing it and how quickly they get it up and break the lines just so that Leicester can't even get settled again. I, I saw a play, the, 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 the goal that Bamford scored, the first one was, or the only goal he scored was sick. And it's Johnny Evans, Leicester center back, clearing the ball up the sideline and he, he, they lose it. And within three passes, Johnny Evans can't run back in the 15 yards to cover his ground, his area, because Bamford's already in and he hits an absolute peach of a goal with his left foot. And and that really sealed it. You could see the belief that Leeds had. What I thought was funny was that it's, this is now to Heath's point that they're either going to get relegated or they're going to win the the league. I mean, that's how Leeds plays. I looked at their record. I, yeah, they're in 12th and I saw that and you look at the points, but I looked at their record. They have nine wins and nine losses and only two draws. That's, that's, that's the least amount of draws in the league. And that speaks to that record speaks to what they do. They either crush you or they get absolutely embarrassed and it's like there's no middle ground and I find that interesting if Bielsa and his team can somehow figure out that middle ground. Then I could see them maybe punching their ticket into a top six I don't think that's going to happen this season but 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 in future seasons as they start to kind of mature and evolve in these tactics. Uh, this could be a really, really special leads team, especially when they're probably going to start spending money uh, to make their team even better.
1: I think a lot is said in their goal differential. I think that's what you see everything. Yeah, that they've too. Scored, that they've too. They've scored thirty-five goals and they've conceded thirty-six. That's, that's the record
2: and the goal difference. It's crazy yeah. how how like balanced they are and either really good or really bad. It was a little
0: past the 60th minute when I saw Bielsa was staring at the ground for like a minute straight. And I don't know if it makes it (laughs) made it into the highlight package, but they're, they're, they're getting leaned on by Lester, right? You could feel this momentum shift and he's just doing his typical squat. And he's staring at the ground and in his mind you can just see should i change the way i play because it feels like it's not going to work out today a few minutes later they score a goal and then uh you know later on they 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 put the dagger in but yeah it's 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 fun t- to watch it's a high risk um and not particularly with the quality that they have it's very very high risk uh but it's working
1: yeah well and marcelo Bielsa's leads to uh, definitely the neutral uh is really uh, really
2: uh, quickly i just want to, to say me. i just want to say that 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 performance from leicester Made me think they're not going to finish top four anymore. That's their sixth loss of the season out of twenty-one games. I just don't know if they have it. Yes, Jamie Vardy was missing, and and uh, Wilfred and was missing, who I'm a big fan of uh, holding it out, holding it down in front of the back four. I just don't know if they're going to have enough. That's that's what I'm going to say, especially with the emergence of Chelsea that are look pretty good against. Uh, Uh, Burnley today for Thomas Tuchel.
1: And Europa League coming back as well, so the schedule's going to get busier for them. But let's do that Thomas Tuchel-Chelsea win. Chelsea beat Burnley 2-0, and Aspilicueta scores, Alonso scores. It's just everything that you wanted If you're too whole, that's exactly what you wanted, Jimmy, let's begin with you. Uh, So they drew against Wolves. Obviously, he had like half a day to be with them in terms of training. Uh, A little bit more time now. And, you know, you see a little bit more. uh, Of course, it's Burnley. uh, And, you know, we we saw this coming, I guess. But you're, you're beginning to see the shift and at the very least the mentality.
2: Well, a couple things that I found interesting. One was the starting lineup, right? He's still going to be tinkering to figure it out. 3-4-2-1, uh, he goes with Azpilicuentes in the back three. But somehow, someway, this guy gets around Callum Hudson-Odoi in the box to bury the first goal. And then you have Marcus Alonso, the other quote-unquote back, getting forward to score as well. That doesn't bode well, I think, for the rest of the Premier League if these guys start to really figure it out and create these numerical advantages out wide and still try to create those numerical advantages in the middle of the field as well. And if they get that passing and that rhythm down, I really think they're going to find that, that maybe that, but that thing they were lacking under Frank Lampard. Also, the other thing I, I found interesting was that Tammy Abraham started as the number nine. He got pulled at halftime. Timo Werner went up top and Christian Pulisic came in, who ended up getting the assist for the Marcus Alonso goal. That just shows me that, that things aren't settled yet. They're still trying to figure out how they're going to move the best with, with, with which, you know, which, with uh, la, 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 which set of players are going to work the best. Yeah. So, so, Interesting times, you know, and then I see some names. I thought Jorginho was out under Lampard. He's back in Rudiger, who wasn't even playing for, for, uh, for Frank Lampard is, is now playing regularly. Uh, interesting times. I thought Callum hudson Adoy was fantastic again. So he doesn't get enough love when they bought all these players that like replace him or to start over him. And he's proving that he's the goods.
1: Well, Heath. Before we get to you, just one very funny tweet from uh, the Athletics, Liam Tuomi, who was talking about this game, and Sean Dyke was shouting to Liam Brady uh, after the last time. You know, he did a multiple ones, but the last time uh, Hudson Odoi overlapped him, and he was like, "Robbie, tune in, like sort of like pay attention." And Brady was like, "I know where the f- he is. I just can't stop him. What do you want me to do?" <laughs> i love it Heath. uh looking good chelsea under two hole but it's very early
0: yeah i feel like also with the with uh pulisic starting on the bench he pulled pulisic aside and was like hey listen i know what i've got from you but i've got to make a sign that uh you know you're not above the law so i'm going to start you on the bench uh and leave you here for this game but 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 honestly i think the hardest part with this team right is who is going to be your attack you've got you've got Expensive players, right? You, and then you look across it, you got Ziyech, you got Pulisic, you've got Mason Mount, you've got Tammy Abraham, you've got um, Timo, Werner. Timo Werner, you've got Kai Havertz. Havertz. Like that is a lot to figure out in this time, right? And not one of them has given you what you've paid for yet, right? right? And I think that's a really hard thing and a, a thing he's going to have to tinker with for quite a while or look to make changes uh, in the summer. Because I, I, like, that's a lot of young players all around the same age, all costing a ton of money, neither, none of which have become the star. You, know, like you, you see flashes from all of them, but no one's being consistent enough to say, that's my position, I'm the number nine, or I'm the number eight, I'm the number 10. And so I think that's going to be a challenge for him for the rest of the season. Obviously great, great to be able to tinker, uh, while you're getting results, but, uh, you know, if you're the manager, it's a, it's a great start to, to, to his campaign with Chelsea. And also when you're saying this is exactly how, this is exactly how you want to start for Tuchel. If this, if Tuchel was managing in 2017 and it was Aspilicueta and Alonzo scoring, then maybe <laughs> that's how you want to start. But as Jimmy said, this is an indicator. It's a scary thing for the Premier league. If these guys are the ones leading the way, but you know, uh, you know, all in all seriousness, I think it's, it's a, a great result.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just say the rest of the results in the premier league. And then final thoughts from both, because we have uh, plenty more around Europe, but, uh, Jimmy Conrad's Newcastle with a good win. Callum Wilson was uh, fantastic in this one. Uh, they beat Everton two nothing. Palace, uh, beat wolves, one, nothing West Brom and Fulham tied to all Villa win one, nothing against Southampton, uh, and finally, the last game of the weekend, Brighton one nothing against Tottenham. That's a big loss, especially after losing the previous game against Liverpool for Jose Mourinho. Final thoughts uh, before we move on to the old continent. Jimmy, let's begin with you. Final thoughts from the Premier League this weekend.
2: I would say with Tottenham, that is uh, obviously a devastating result. First time they've started without Harry Kane because he got hurt uh, against Liverpool. So... Not a good sign. Steve Bergwine started in his place. I'm curious to see how they respond. They have a very, very big game this weekend. I'm pretty sure it's against Manchester City, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, it should be – or, no, excuse me. They played, they played Chelsea on Thursday. So I'm kind of curious to see how they're going to respond. Obviously, Chelsea feels like they've got some resurgence. And then with regard to Newcastle, Steve Bruce, baby – He's got two wins over a champions league winning manager carlo ancelotti and you love to see it even though i still think he should be fired
1: yeah well this was all about carl i thought wilson was amazing in this one a complete nightmare in this game he final thoughts from the premier league before we move on
2: this
0: uh to me is, uh, I'm, I'm talking about spurs here is a battle of uh managerial excellence you've got uh jose Mourinho versus a graham potter who Started essentially started his managerial career with a third division. Ostersund promoted them to the first division, got into the Europa league after winning the cup. And now here he is, uh, you know, going punch for punch with, with, um, with, with greatness. And so, you know, overall, I, I just wanted to say, do you remember when Spurs, and this is not me as an Arsenal fan saying this, do you remember that Spurs <laughs> were top of the table at one point this season, wow. and Jimmy said, Jimmy said, they're still going to finish the season with a significant trophy.
2: And I know he's adding the FA cup in there, but do you still feel that Jimmy? I do. I, I don't. He's not going to be in the Premier League, but I could see them winning the League Cup over City. I think that's going to be a great final in April. Now the League Cup is in there. Yeah, the in there. Jeez, this isn't Luisa. the community shield. I mean, th- listen, when, when, when Mourinho wins a trophy, he counts it no matter what. So, you know, <laughs> he will.
0: Fair. He definitely counts
1: it. Absolutely. Well, that's the uh, final part of the Premier League. When we come back, we will touch the rest of Europe. There's a lot. So we're going to go all around uh, the continent, including La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga and much more. Stay right here because we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo, our weekend recap with Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce. We begin in Spain. Let's begin in Spain. La Liga, Real Madrid lose to Levante. Atletico keep on rolling 4 2 against Cadiz. Villarreal and Real Sociedad tie 1 0. And Barcelona, thanks to a ridiculous free kick. Uh, from Lionel Messi I wonder how much that's worth in his contract Uh, win 2-1 against Athletic Bilbao so basically aside from Real Madrid it's as is for Atletico who are really on a run right now on the way to 100 points to win this league it's really quite a remarkable run right now Uh, so I just want some thoughts here let's begin with you Jimmy thoughts from La Liga uh, from this weekend
2: Well, I'll start with Barcelona. Leo Messi did score a ridiculous free kick. Uh, Barcelona ended up scoring all three goals in that game. Jordi Alba had an own goal. And then uh, Antoine Griezmann scored again. That's a good sign for Barcelona. When Griezmann's scoring, putting himself in good positions to do that. Obviously, he was under a lot of duress and pressure, just not hitting the back of the net, not feeling comfortable under Ronald Koeman. seems like they've got past that. And now Barcelona's starting to be a little bit more consistent in their play style. Also, I'm really impressed. Messi's got all this big contract stuff that's been exposed Uh, for him to handle that type of pressure and that type of drama off the field and to do it with real class on the field really speaks to his greatness in a lot of different ways. But a big win for them. I got to give a shout out to Atletico Madrid. Luis Suarez has a brace. Every time he scores, I always look at Barcelona like, what were you guys doing? How do you let that guy go? He's on top of the La Liga scoring charts with 14 goals. He's absolutely cruising right now. And then Real Madrid losing to Levante. Bad defending by Militao, who really hasn't been the signing they thought when they picked him up from Porto you know, he gets an early red card. They're playing down a man the whole time and and no Sergio Ramos either. I mean, when Sergio Ramos doesn't play, they're a different team. And I know we'll get to PSG eventually when when Verratti doesn't play for them, they're just a different team. So Sergio Ramos is a winner and winners win and he holds everybody else to a high standard. So yeah, outside of that though, pretty kick-ass weekend in La Liga. It was, it was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, emphatically with Atletico Madrid as well. Well done to them. Heath, any, any thoughts from Spain uh, as pretty interesting results came in this weekend?
0: Yeah. For me, it's only that as I was looking at schedules of, of sort of the big four there, uh, Atletico Madrid actually have the most balanced schedule. I think end of February, they've got Villarreal, real, they've got first leg of champions league round of 16. They got Villarreal real and they've got uh, real Madrid all within a, like kind of a two week period of each other. But outside of that, they've got a pretty well balanced schedule in terms of playing Sevilla in April. They've got Barcelona in, in, in may it's, it's just, it looks really good for them um, against these teams. And obviously they've got, they've got plenty of depth. And so I, I, I'm, I'm almost at a point where I'm like, uh, you know, there's a point of no return that's happening soon uh, because they have this balanced schedule. There's not really this five or six game run where they're going to have to play, you know, everyone and, and try to climb their way out. They've already got a nice point. I think 10 point cushion right now. Uh, Within the league and 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 not really anything on the schedule that looks difficult unless they find themselves semifinals of the Champions League where it can get really complicated but you know overall just a really exciting um, weekend in in, uh, in La Liga and and amazing to see Atletico continue this run of form.
1: 10 points, uh, with a game in hand as well, which is very important to remember. All right, let's go to Italy. Serie A. AC Milan win 2-1 against Bologna. Inter demolished Benevento 4-0. Sampdoria lose to Juve 2-0. And Atalanta, well, they got one in the Coppa Italia, but Lazio got their revenge here as they win 2-0. Uh, any thoughts from Serie A, Jimmy Conrad?
2: Well, the top six teams all won, so there's not much to speak there. And it seemed like they all beat teams that they should beat. Though I do want to give a shout-out to Lazio. It's five straight wins for them. They leapfrog Atalanta in the table, which obviously is nice revenge for them since, as you mentioned, they lost to them in the Coppa Italia 3-2 a few days ago. I was really impressed with with Lazio. I got to watch a good portion of this game. Uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic was so good. He hit one off the post on the header. Uh, He missed a free kick by like an inch. That would have been ridiculous. He's just, I don't know how he's still at Lazio. I'm surprised the club hasn't come in and purchased him. I think Manchester United has been circling around him for many, many years. He'd be a nice addition to the squad. But yeah, I thought Lazio was very impressive. And obviously it's a good time if you're in the the knockout rounds of either the Europa League or the Champions League to be peaking at the right time. Uh, Juve looked very good. Very, very professional performance there. Maratta is just like, I'm a different person when he wears a Juve jersey. It's nice to see Weston McKinney uh, doing his thing out there. But it was cool. The last goal of the, the Juve game, they played Sampdoria. Uh, it was Juan Cuadrado, former Chelsea player, uh, played it across to Aaron Ramsey for a tap in former Arsenal player. And you're like, wow, what kind of what kind of parallel universe are we living? in? I never would have imagined those two playing together in Italy of all places. AC Milan's lots on missed the penalty. They still end up winning 2-1 in the Inter. Romelu Lukaku scored a brace in the last, I don't know, five or six minutes to put a put the cherry on top for there. But I, I still feel like one of the Milan teams is still the favorite there. And, and shout out to Roma, of course, for getting the doing the business against Verona.
1: Yep, I agree. And by the way, Brian Reynolds is already there. Uh, the yep, announcement yep. is imminent. Uh, Heath Pierce, anything there with Serie A as you looked at this weekend?
0: Yeah, I think uh, as Jimmy mentioned, Lazio were so good. Atalanta were uh, unbeaten in like 14 games up to that point, and we were mm-hmm. starting to see. Uh, we we had continued to see that Atalanta team that we had seen last year. Those those results included wins over Milan. They, they, they won against Lazio in the Coppa Italia. Uh, I just think that, you know, and and now they've, they've, they've fallen short. And now they're seventh place in the league. And you look back on those 14 games, you would think that they would be a lot closer uh, to the top. Um, but unfortunately, that loss really starts to hurt them and take them out of the conversation. The other thing is that Juventus, you know, I kind of wrote them off in, in the same way that I, I, I've written off some other of the big teams and other leagues, but they're only, it looks like, what, seven points off the pace right now with a game in hand. Uh, and with it, with Inter Milan and Milan, neither of which running away. They've been fantastic, by the way. They, they've only lost two times each, but I think Juventus, who've also only lost two times, uh, are definitely showing that they're still in this fight and that any slip-ups, as Roma as well, uh, is going to make this potentially... Um, a four horse race for a final, uh, which may be the only league uh, by the time we get towards towards April and May that has four teams uh, still chasing the final and probably the first time in a long time that a big five league had that many teams uh, in the conversation and teams that, that are playing exciting where it's not a random year where, you know, no disrespect to Leicester where Leicester jump up to the top. It's, it's big clubs all fighting for a title, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, well, as we've said all season, uh, it's given us those feels of the 90s and how it is very competitive <laughs> right now. All right, let's move to Germany. Bundesliga Bayern Munich doing their thing. 4-1 against Hoffenheim. Chris Richards, by the way, on his way there, on loan from Bayern Munich. Borussia Dortmund uh, beating Augsburg 3-1. RB Leipzig, this was the big game. RB Leipzig with the one nothing against Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, so you could say that Leipzig at this moment remains the number two team in Germany. Uh, Jimmy, we'll make thoughts here from Germany?
2: Uh, not many. I watched a good portion of the RB Leipzig-Bayer Leverkusen game. If anything, I was disappointed in Leverkusen. They've got so much firepower in their team. Uh, They can score so many goals in so many different ways, kind of atalanta esque right? I mean, you try to close down one thing, another player is going to beat you. And they just didn't show up, you know, and fair play to Leipzig. I don't want to take anything away from them. A nice professional performance. They don't usually win games 1-0. That's not what they're known for. They're more of like a 3-2 type of team. So a very, very, uh, let's say, mature performance from them. And now... This is still, you know, seven points lead for for Bayern Munich who do what they do and just demolish teams plus 31 goal difference, they're cruising. If they can keep things locked down defensively, this this league is theirs, and I think it's theirs anyway. I actually just want to give a shout-out to Wolfsburg who quietly have moved up into third. They've only lost two games all season. They beat Freiburg today or this past weekend 3-0. And then Borussia Dortmund, you know, still hanging around, but they're in sixth, right? I mean, we talk about Dortmund and Dortmund this and Dortmund that, and what a great club, and they're producing all these players. I mean, they sit in sixth. Uh, seven losses already this season out of nineteen games, and with no chance of winning this league. So, we'll see if that turns in that talent turns into something special, a special run maybe uh, in in the Champions League. But I don't know; it's not looking good for that those teams in particular.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and, and as we continue to think, Bayern Munich will will take this one, no doubt. Heath Pierce, any thoughts from Germany from this weekend?
0: Yeah, I think you're spot on with Bayern. I don't think that's any secret. If you looked at the way RB Leipzig played, yeah, they're still in second place, but it's not indicative of a team that can do that week in and week out. It's funny, I, I got a chance to talk to, I was talking to Tyler Adams this last week and he was talking about sort of the genius of their system where he can play wing back. Uh, but he's checking into pockets and he's pressing high and sometimes he's as high as the strikers. And he says that's sort of the freedom freedom that he's been given a number of different kind of alternative roles, which he was saying is just the genius of, of their managers is sort of the free movements, uh, that they have as options that aren't just traditional to positional play. But the other thing I wanted to mention was, was, um, aside from Wolfsburg and Frankfurt being in third and fourth, which is wild and pushing some of these bigger teams down, uh, was Dortmund again, even though they went, I think they were down 1-0 uh, early in the game. When they got going, they again looked by far the best team in the Bundesliga, by far better than Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have, have, have people that have players that can punish you in an instant. They get a half chance. They will score it. They're clinical. It just seems like their movement is in a way where like, if this, then that, and that leads to goals. Whereas Dortmund are such a free-flowing attack that when they are on, like they were... Um, they're just, there's no one better than them, uh, at least in the attack. I do think, uh, again, they, they need to go a little bit younger in other parts of the field. They throw the kitchen sink, and that's not the best balance. Uh, if you want to win a title, uh, they need to have a little more reinforcement or youth, I think, uh, in other parts of the field. But uh, watching them was just, it, it was fun, and it makes you disappointed that they're, what, what position are they in? Like sixth or seventh in, in the table or something six, like that? Six. Um, sixth, yeah. It, it, when they were on for a good portion of that game, I'd say 60 or 70 minutes, they were incredible. And they were by far better than any performance I've seen from Bayern Munich. But Bayern Munich are clinical in winning matches and managing uh, a full season. And that's, maybe that's an argument to having more experience on the field versus youth. But either way, uh, it's, it's a, disappoint- a disappointment to see them down uh, that far on the table and not challenging for a title.
1: Yep, no, well said. All right, let's wrap everything up here. And I'll try and do a little segue based on Neymar here. His Santos loses to Palmeiras, 1 nothing Copa Libertadores. And PSG lose to 18th place Lorien, 3 uh, 2. The honeymoon period for Mauricio Pochettino is most definitely over. How do you lose that one? Incredible. Jimmy, thoughts from both uh, B- PSG losing 3 2 to uh, a, a team that's fighting relegation. And Palmeiras, your Palmeiras, winning 1-0, 98th minute. It was a boring game, but hey, at least you got the win.
2: (laughs) I'll start with PSG. So I didn't get to see all of this game. I saw portions of it. It looked like PSG were in cruise control, which isn't a big surprise. But they just made some crazy defensive mistakes. If you get a chance to see these uh, highlights, they are tied 2-2, right? They're in injury time. They bob everybody forward. And it's a simple ball over the top. The guy goes from a breakaway at midfield. We see these plays happen in MLS, right? And they're like, oh, that would only happen in MLS. Like, shut up with that stuff, right? You see this happen everywhere. And the fact that it's with world-class players that should know better with PSG is frankly really surprising and obviously unacceptable. So I got my coach Jimmy hat on right now. You can tell I'm all fired up. (laughs) It's, 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 those are the types of plays that I'm, they're still going to win the league. Uh, Leon is, is, Got to put up a fight and it might go down to the last couple of weeks. These are correctable mistakes. And as I mentioned earlier, no Marco Verratti in the team. He's so good in the middle of the field to help the team transition and to cover ground. And they're really comfortable with when he's in the the squad. They rarely lose when he starts. So, you know, if they can get him healthy, it's only going to help them. I don't really see them tripping up unless they're trying to throw all their eggs in the Champions League basket. And then uh, Leo just has to play, you know, out of their minds for the next. They have to be perfect, ultimately, I think, for them not to lose the league to, to PSG. Now down to, to pivot to Palmares. Yes, I want all 90, those first 90 minutes of my life back. But those plus eight minutes of extra injury time, I'm all for. And we saw an incredible header at the back post. Everybody was dead tired at that point. Yeah, the guy was so happy he jumped into the stands. Which eh, COVID situation, to like, ah, you just don't do. What are you doing? You know what are you doing? But, but the moment was just so emotional and magical. And and, you know, fair play to them. Uh, they're having a better season. They have a little bit better team than Santos. I thought Santos maybe had a chance, and and they hung in there, uh, to to potentially take it into injury time and penalties. But they just didn't have enough when it counted. And Palmeiras won their first Copa Libertadores since 1999. It's
1: pretty awesome. Such a classic way in a way to end the libertadores just crazy all crazy. around he <laughs> yeah. anything from those two matches or performances
0: no only that neymar and santos uh the links are what they are you got to close out games you know stoppage <laughs> time exactly right. and, exactly right. and, and, and injury time and extra time those are all still part of the game and again as jimmy said it was it was one of those games where they looked in cruise control you look even when you you you, you give your chance to you give yourself an opportunity to look away. Cause you're like, ah, eh, do I really want to give 45 more minutes, uh, to this game? But, uh, yeah, uh, they're, they, you know, up to one, then two, two, then give up the third one in stoppage time. It's, 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 it's unacceptable. And, and it's not just, it's not just Lyon, by the way, Lille are in first place right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. again, I don't know if they can hold, I, I don't know if they can hold that up. Cause you just look at the firepower of a PSG and you go, how right Jonathan, David and, 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 uh, Yazichi and a few of these other players Timo away coming off the bench late in their game this weekend like you're like okay that's it's, it's a fun team to watch hopefully they make the Champions League but to, to to really do it for another four months I just still see PSG finding a way to, to sneak this one out uh, unscathed
1: yeah it would be a lot and as we always say this is always about being a marathon and not a sprint all right that's it from our weekend recap Jimmy Conrad thank you so much brother
2: Thank you, guys. Way to go, (laughs) Palmeiras.
1: Heath, thank you, brother.
0: Yeah, thank you, and congrats to the U.S. for beating Trinidad and Tobago tonight.
1: Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, pod Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. We're also on CBSSports.com, everywhere on CBS Sports Soccer. Please make sure that you give us all those nice comments. It's the best way to grow our little family here. Have a great beginning to your week and a beginning to your February.